Hi, this is Beth AQ, and this is the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. The Glass House is a space for spoken word artists, poets, sound makers, audio storytellers, emerging cultural leaders, thinkers, writers, and anyone who celebrates story as a means of self-expression, self-representation, and community building. I hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at BethanyAQ or the Triple R website. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen. There is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, Fat, vowed a celibate, we rise. afternoon you are listening to the glass house on triple r beth aq with you bringing you a show all about storytelling i acknowledge that we broadcast on stolen unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the kulin nation here at triple r and i acknowledge the ongoing injustice caused by colonization and pay respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations people that might be tuning in this afternoon. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I send my thoughts out uh, and my love out to those that are currently under lockdown in one of those nine towers in Flemington and North Melbourne, uh, and of course extend that to family, friends and community of those currently detained. I think... This detention and level of over-policing is clearly putting people's health at risk and I strongly hope that if you two are completely dismayed by this treatment that you are calling and emailing your local MPs to express that concern. I think the very fact that the state government ordered uh, 500 police officers into these buildings uh, and that they were given access to police already over police communities without uh, the initial support of translators, social workers, mental health care workers and, you know, perhaps most importantly, uh, actual medical professionals is clumsy and ill thought out at best you would think that uh, you would face a health crisis by first deploying healthcare workers and not to treating them like criminals. So whilst the rest of Metro Melbourne uh, and Mitchell Shire does go into lockdown, I hope that we can reflect on this fact that the pandemic does not affect us all equally. Coming up on the show today, 
Very soon, I'll be joined by Audio Craft Festival manager Jess O'Callaghan, and she joins today to talk all about the Audio Craft Podcast Festival that is happening online on Saturday, the 25th of July. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. I am excited as I have my first guest joining me on the line. Jess O'Callaghan is no stranger to this program. She is a producer and writer and audio crafts festival manager. She's got an extensive production history, but most recently has worked on podcasts, including Creative Responders and Lumina, as well as projects for Audible. But she joins this afternoon to chat all about this year's audio craft podcast festival, which is happening online on Saturday, the 25th of July. Jess, thank Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Hey, Beth. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, I suppose, firstly, a massive congratulations on your launch. It is very exciting that uh, AudioCraft is still able to take place this year. I suppose, first off, how, how has AudioCraft had to change and adapt um, during this time? It's been a pretty big shift for us because all, all the time we're in person, so we don't really do online events. Um, and it it happened, so the lockdown sort of started the week after our programming committee meeting, and so that's the day where we like dream big and think of what we want festival day to look like. And we kind of had that meeting in a bit of a time capsule bubble and just pretended like it would go ahead in real life and program the festival. And then, yeah, obviously it has to be online now. We've redesigned everything um, for this sort of new sort of festival. We really just had to go back to our purpose and think, like, what is the purpose of AudioCraft and what do we try and do instead of just plonking our real life festival online? That was like a really big thing was that we didn't want to just have people watching a webinar that felt like they weren't at the festival and have it really feel interactive. And And our purpose is really to bring podcast makers together. Like anyone who's made a podcast knows that it can be a really isolating solo experience. Like 90% of our audience makes their podcast or their audio work either by themselves or with one other person in a really small team. And so for us, it was about bringing people together and teaching them skills and also, like, this jolt of creativity, I think, being in the room on festival day, a lot of people leave that weekend and they start making work in different ways or thinking about their work in a different way. And it gives you this sort of creative jolt in the middle of the year. And so we really wanted that to happen online for people as well. So once we went back to our purpose, it was actually it made things a lot easier. Instead of just going, like, how do we make this work online, we could just think, like, what are the things that we can do online that really serve this purpose? And so programming was really fun once we had that that realisation. As somebody that has been able to attend AudioCraft um, for the last couple of years, I can definitely say that it is always a time where I come away feeling really rejuvenated and expired. Uh, inspired. So I'm very excited that it can uh, kind of rejig to, to go online this year. Um, I suppose with all of that in mind, um, I'd love to know a little bit more about that kind of curatorial process and a little bit more about the people that you've got on the lineup this year. Yeah, so um, there are some people who are coming who were going to come when it was in, a, in real life festival. So um, Wendy Zuckerman is someone who we've wanted to feature at the festival for years. She's an Australian who makes the podcast 
Science Versus, and she's currently living and working in America, making the podcast for Gimlet. Um, and we're partnering with Spotify this year. And so once that was once that was on the table, once that was secure, we sort of asked for Wendy first up. We were like, we really want Wendy Zuckerman to come home and and um, talk about podcast making because I think she's a real inspiration for a lot of people making audio here. So I'm really excited. She's been doing incredible work through coronavirus. I mean, all of the Science Versus episodes are great, but um, the way she's sort of sifted facts from fiction while all this science is still developing around coronavirus science is really impressive. So we've asked her to talk about that because I feel like it must be hard for her to think about anything else at the moment. (laughs) So that's what she'll be talking to. Um, There's also a really big focus for us this year was collaboration. And a lot of what came through, we have an expression of interest process. And a lot of what people have been asking us for the last year or so is to think about ways that collaboration can happen that isn't built on old audio models. So we collaborate a lot as audio makers with sound engineers and writers and producers and these sort of traditional audio teams. But we're seeing these projects that model collaboration on really different ways of making media and telling stories. So um, we've tried to find some projects that think about collaboration and sort of sharing power in stories really differently and get them to tell us how they do it. So, I mean, (laughs) sessions on collaboration are always really sort of beasts to produce because they (laughs) need to involve, like, in essence, so many different people. And, you know, if you're going to be talking about collaboration and collaborative storytelling, you really want that session to also be really genuinely a collaborative process. So we've got three um, podcasts of Bird's Eye View, which was made in Darwin Correctional Centre, um, Project O, which is a work in progress. It's audio diaries with um, teenage girls around the country that Project O and Big Art is is creating. So that's really cool. And Widows of Shudder, which is a project that followed um, four widows who um, whose partners were killed in the Christchurch attacks for a year. And so those projects, I'm really inspired by all of them. And I think they all like teach us a lot about storytelling mm. um, in really cool ways. Yeah, I'm so excited. And um, the Bird's Eye View podcast, we were lucky enough to, to chat to uh, Johanna on this program. Um, and yeah, just a really interesting look at, as you said, how people are thinking about power in collaborative relationships, which I think is is really exciting and is kind of, uh, I suppose, going away a little bit from um, what traditional journalism has, has told us in how you can, I suppose, conduct and create stories that are not really with people, but you kind of do it all yourself. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to, to hear more about them on that collaborative process. Um, something that has also stood out to me is you've got a session, uh, I believe, with Erin Kayan, uh, who's doing something all about um, accessibility and podcasting. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so Erin's a producer with Pasa Volpez Productions, which is an audio fiction production house based in Melbourne. And I think that Erin's doing some of the best thinking and work. I mean, you look at the um, the work that they've put into podcast accessibility, even within the audio fictions that they're creating with Pasa Volpez, they've got the best accessibility policy of any podcast that I've seen anywhere in the world, really. So mm. I always um, sort of tell clients about it, even when we're making podcasts for people, I'll share that accessibility policy with them and be like this is what you should all be aspiring to I think it's really great and and Aaron pitched this session through the expression of interest process and and I think thinking about how podcasts production processes as well as so transcripts is something that we think about a lot when we think about making a podcast more accessible to people who are hearing impaired 
or deaf and might want to engage with the podcast and I'm thinking about, you know, being able to read along with the podcast if you can't um, process some of the audio. Things like that I think we are starting to think about as an industry a lot more, which is really good, but Erin's... Um, Aaron's workshop is called Beyond Transcripts. It, it talks about transcription and captioning, but it goes beyond that thinking about how can we make our production process processes as well, like truly accessible for anyone who might be part of your team or be an interviewee or a, um, a producer or a sound engineer on your team, and then also making it accessible for the audience. And it's a real, you know, it's an audience growth strategy as well. Your podcast should be accessible to as many people as possible. Um, and also it's just, you know, basic human rights. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a really good um a really good workshop and it goes for these workshops go for an hour and a half they're sort of mid-afternoon on the Saturday and I think um if one of the workshops sort of interests you I think it's sort of worth the price of admission alone if it's sort of this you know more hands-on practical skills-based workshop um I think it's really worth coming along to one of those. Mm. If you have just joined us we are chatting with Jess O'Callaghan the festival manager uh, of AudioCraft Podcast Festival. Uh, Jess I am interested you know there's a lot online about uh, how podcasters have been adapting to uh, the current environment in which they find themselves recording and still kind of continuing to create work. Um, I'm interested if you would be happy to share, I suppose, some some tips and insights into perhaps how your creating um, of podcasts has changed throughout this time. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because often we go in and pitch things and um, and what we really want is to try and convince people to, you know, send us places and let us get all this really, you know, up close intimate tape and we're going, we need a travel budget and we need to spend lots of time with these people. And the last few months it's really changed. We've been going, it's very possible to do these <laughs> complex stories remotely and we can do all these, you know, it's a real shift for us in what we're trying to do with, with especially long form multi, you know, multi episode narrative series. Um, I think we're relying on tape syncs a lot so mm. someone recording at their end while you record at your end um, getting people sort of teaching the guest or teaching the people you're speaking to to do that on their phone or on their computer and then sending you the audio so that's been really good um, a lot of like working with what we have I think I've spoken to a lot of emerging producers in particular who were panicking, you know, all of the microphones and <laughs> good equipment sort of sold out really quickly early in coronavirus. Um, I mean, there's a lot still available, but all the sort of classic USB mics and, and things like that were selling out and they were kind of like, oh, what do we do? And I think that um, people underestimate how much gear they already have in their houses. Like if, you, if you're a gamer, you might have a headset with a really impressive microphone already on it. Um, everyone has sort of a phone or a computer or like something that records sound usually in their house. So I think working with what you have is a really good starting point. Um, thinking of sort of small um, carpeted spaces as good places or curtain spaces as places to record. Um, and yeah, just like working with what you've got and sort of taking it slow. The thing that's hardest is recording scenes, like recording scene tape. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about like how can we sort of work with our guests and work with the people that we're telling the story with to sort of train them to collect better scene tape and more scene tape themselves um, and kind of coaching them through that remotely. It's a bit of a, a learning curve and it's not the same as being there with them. But, um, but yeah, it's been really interesting. And, you know, some of the stuff that's coming back is it's different to what you'd get if you were there yourself, but also it's not necessarily bad. You know, that's not a mm. bad thing. I think some of the stories I'm hearing out of this time that, um, I love those stories that use, you know, sometimes 
when someone's collecting scene tape themselves, it's more intimate as well. You're getting these moments that are kind of unguarded. And so I think, yeah, it's definitely changing the stories we're hearing and you can hear it in all these podcasts, but it's not always changing them for the worse. I think sometimes it's changing them in really interesting ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously this year uh, has, you know, been a big change in terms of how people are creating as you were kind of talking about. I'd love to get your take on, um, I suppose, if there's anything that you've been listening to in the last 12 months that you feel like has perhaps adapted really well or that has just stood out to you. Yeah, I really like, um, there's a, a series that came out just when coronavirus lockdown started from the U.S called it's a show called rumble strip and the series that it is called um our show and they had people send in audio from all around the world which a lot of shows did but this one i'm not sure how they did it it might be the sort of audience they have is quite a creative um generative audience and they were all the clips that they wound up using were like they were just so impressive in their intimacy like they captured really personal conversations there's one i'm thinking of where um, a husband is on the phone, is giving the voice memo, sort of recording the voice memo and um, and saying how things happened um, and how the last week unfolded and the wife is in the background correcting him um, and kind of like not wanting to be part of the conversation but also like getting closer and closer to the phone and it's such a familiar scene, like it's, it's something that I was really familiar to listen to and so they, they really impressed me. I think, um, yeah, Science Versus has done a really good job, I think, of like pivoting hard to you know really in a time of need to to look at coronavirus um and sort of do that work but but yeah I think you can kind of hear it across all sorts of shows and I think um yeah it's really interesting to hear how different different shows have have adapted and been doing sort of I think at first there was this sort of fear that um that we'd all have to only talk about that for forever Mm. (laughs) but then over the months it's really um like I think that's not true but it is true in the way that we're going to have to be thinking about the ways that it's impacting our lives and telling those stories forever like it's not it's not like we could all just do all coronavirus content all the time anymore but there's definitely you can hear its impact on you know the tech reporting and the culture reporting and new kind of things it's sort of seeped into every every part of every podcast because that that's how we're living at the moment so Mm. yeah I think it's um all my all my favorite podcasts have been affected by it I've been listening to a lot of a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text (laughs) that doesn't surprise (laughs) me at all (laughs) recommend anyone who enjoys Harry Potter it's um it's very soothing it's not religious it's it's like a it feels like going it feels like a mix of going to therapy and reading Harry Potter so if either of them feel good for you, then listen to the Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. <laughs> that is an amazing review. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Um, I'm interested, Jess, you know, obviously, as we've been talking about, 2020 has, you know, seen trends and changes in the, I suppose, audio community largely for circumstances that are outside of um, many producers' control. I'm interested, you know, AudioCraft has been running, uh, the festival has been running for quite a few years now. I'm interested how you've seen uh, the role of the festival or, or the place it has in the Australian audio community perhaps change or, or shift over that time. Yeah, 100%. I think um, the first year, you know, there was 140 people and I was there as an attendee. I wasn't working for AudioCraft yet. And um, it was really about bringing people together and filling a gap. There was nowhere doing that in Australia, sort of a place where podcasters could come together. And for us, it's really important that it's um, 
we try and program across a range of genres. And I think because our industry is quite small compared to industries in the UK or the US, you know, sometimes international podcasters will come to our festival and say, it's really nice that the features people are mixing with the conversational podcasts and the interview podcasts. And we're like, that's the whole industry. Like, we have to include everyone because, you know, we can't afford to have a different festival for the fan casts and the comedy podcasts and the, you know, the documentary podcasts. We really want to be a place where all of those people can come together and think about creativity and story in sound and I think that that's something that kind of brings the podcast industry together in a really big way and so that first year it was really like bringing people together um, and it was yeah more about sort of um, filling that hole and seeing if there was interest you know and then once there was interest I think over the intervening like the next four years we've really seen like a professional industry grow up alongside um, you know, hobbyists and people who are doing it on the side of other professional careers as well. And so for us, like the biggest change has been this sort of professional podcast making industry. Like we've seen a lot of people quit their jobs to work in podcasting um, or get jobs with institutions making podcasts. And so you look at our audience demographics and that's like been a massive change is people who are doing this as a, a significant part of their job. Um, and so, like, how to serve that audience and still have it a moment of coming together when there are those people doing it for all sorts of different reasons and at different levels of professionalism. But I think overall, like, it kind of comes back to if if Australians are being supported to tell stories, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's just sort of there's more conversations, I think, within the audience and also on stage about um, about how we like what sort of industry we want to see. Like we're thinking a lot more, a lot less about um, how we can bring the community together and instead thinking about like how can we model what we want this industry to be like and like how can we use our stage and our community and what's programmed and also like how can we facilitate um, different sort of organising and people coming together um, off stage and, and use those opportunities to sort of model the best version of an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, like more and more that's what we're talking about so that's been a massive change I think. Yeah absolutely and as a creator and a punter uh, it's been really exciting to kind of see that that shift and see that growth and yeah just see it become more as you said professionalized but also just more people getting into it it's um yeah I think it's really exciting and it just makes it um, all the richer. Um, Jess thank you so much for your time this afternoon it's been such a pleasure to chat to you. Thanks for having me. That was Jess O'Callaghan there, who is the Festival Manager of Audio Craft. The Audio Craft Podcast Festival is happening on Saturday, the 25th of July. It is happening online. Uh, you can head over to their website at audiocraft.com.au for more information and to check out their whole program. This is Beth AQ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at BethanyAQ or the Triple R website.